he's given us a job to do, okay? That's why we exist here at Alpine Church is to follow the Great Commission. We call it helping people pursue God, but this is something that a lot of people have probably heard in their life, and I want you to know that this, these are my favorite verses in the Bible. These verses, chap, uh, chapter 28 of Matthew, verses 18 through 20, are my favorite verses of the Bible because it helps me to understand what is my purpose. And not just me as a pastor, but as uh, just an individual Christian who follows Jesus. That's what a disciple is, is a person who follows Jesus. It helps me to understand, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to do, okay? So it's not the great suggestion. <laughs> it's the great commission. This is a command. This is a, a mandate, okay? Now, in a world where we're talking about mandates, and we don't like mandates from the government, all right? And the reason why it's hard to follow mandates or to, to, to trust the government, because nobody knows who's really in charge, right? You got all these different opposing views and opinions just thrown at you, and you're just confused. Like, it's confusing to know, who do I follow? Federal government, state government, right? So we're confused about mandates from the world, but we should never be confused about a mandate that comes from God. This is my first point. We exist... That mission statement that we have about helping people pursue God, that's why we exist, is to follow this great commission. We exist to make disciples because Jesus said so. Helping people pursue God is a matter of obedience to the great commission. As I said before, a, making, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, someone who would sit under someone a pupil of a teacher, right, would follow them around and be taught by them like a, an apprentice almost. And this is what his disciples were to him. These were the people that he was training up to go start the church and change the world and get this message out to the nations, right? But they submitted to his authority, okay? And that's the first part of those verses Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go. And so as we think about authority in our world and we're confused about who to believe or who to really submit to, Jesus is saying, make no mistake, I have all the authority in heaven and on earth, right? Like, it's like parents when we have to tell our kids to do something and they ask why. And it's like, I don't need to tell you the practical reason, right? You just need to know because I'm your parent. I said so. Go do it, right? And, and we know how well that works for us humanly, right? Because our kids are like, who are you? <laughs> who are you to tell me what to do, right? Like, like my son, he's playing football now, he's a couple inches taller than me, and when I try to tell him what to do, he's like, what are you going to do, Dad? You're not much to look at these days, you know? But Jesus does have all the authority. He is something to look at. He is the one whom we should be submitting to, no matter who we are. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, we should be willing to submit under the, the loving authority of Christ. He's appealing to his authority here. He doesn't have to do that all the time, but when he does it, you better listen. And he does that in these verses. He appeals to his authority. Now, what authority? 
where does Jesus get his authority? Because it says, I've been given all authority. So what does that mean? Well, if we go back, if we go back in this chapter, in verses uh, 9 and 17, this is something interesting you'll see. So the first, the first one in, in verse 9, it says, And they went, and this is after he rose from the dead, the women saw him for the first time. It says, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshipped him. The women worshipped Jesus, okay? And this is before he had said that he, he had been given all the authority. They worshipped him. And then in verse 17, when all the disciples gathered together in Galilee to hear Jesus say these words of the Great Commission, before that it said, but when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Now, some scholars think that it wasn't the disciples that doubted, but actually the Bible says that he appeared to over 500 witnesses. The disciples had are already bought in by this point, right? He'd already came to doubting Thomas, and he'd came to them into the room, and they all saw him rose from the dead, so they're all in. But there were some people around that doubted that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was who he is. May that never be said of us, right? Maybe you're here today, and you're like, I still am one of those people that doubted. Well, let me continue and doubt now. Let me continue to push on why this is so significant that Jesus is being worshipped. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and in the Old Testament law, you guys probably all have heard it before in the Ten Commandments, that thou shalt not worship any other god, right? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, you must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations, for the Lord your God, who lives among you, is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you, and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. It is a big deal to worship anything or anyone outside of God. But many people out there in the world, back 2,000 years ago and even now, don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Well, let me tell you right now, Jesus is God. And when he tells us in the Great Commission, I have all authority in heaven on earth, what he is saying, he's appealing to his deity that Christ is God. He has all authority, right? Like it is a big deal to worship anything or anyone. Like in, in Acts chapter 12, King Herod was killed. God killed him for allowing the people to worship him. After he, after he spoke. In four, verses 14, 14 in Acts, Paul and Barnabas were worshipped by some people because some miracles were being done around there. They were called Zeus. You know, they thought that he was a, a, another god and they started worshipping them. And he, they stopped him and said, no, do not. We are mere humans. Do not worship us, right? In Revelation 22, 8 and 9, at the end of the Bible, John um, had got this this vision from the angels, and John tried to bow down and worship this angel. And the angel says, no, do not worship me. I am a servant just like you of the Lord. The angels, it says in Hebrews 1.6, worship Jesus as well. And so if you haven't caught this already, Jesus is God and worthy of our worship and praise. 
Okay, so they worshipped him. That's where he gets his authority from. He's always had this authority from the beginning. And even while he was on earth as a human, he taught scripture. He had the authority to forgive sins, to do miracles. He had the authority over demons, over creation. He could tell the winds and the waves to stop, and they would stop. But this special... uh, Authority or this special place that he was given that he's talking about. He's talking about this completion of the mission that he came down to fulfill. You see, God is a missional God, and he sent his son Jesus Christ to fulfill a mission of saving you and me, to forgive us of our sins, right? And so he sends his son to come down and to to be born like a baby, like one of us. That's Christmas. We celebrate that on Christmas. And then he raises he, he, he grows up to be a child or up to be an adult at 30 years old and he, he walks the earth for three years with his disciples teaching them and then he dies on a cross and he raises from the dead. That is Easter weekend that we celebrate. He was sent from the, the Father, anointed and conceived by the Holy Spirit. And there's the Trinity all there, right? And so you're going to see the theme of the Trinity of God again, like God being three in one in these three verses. And there's so much I could say about these verses. We only got so much time. But these are, this is just partially the reason why I love the Great Commission. But as I said, Jesus, God is a missional God, right? And so he sent his son, and now Jesus is leaving, and he's sending us later in a different spot, but a similar place, In John, the Gospel of John, Jesus says this, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so the mission didn't stop with Jesus. The mission didn't stop with what he did here on earth. But he is now saying, now that I'm leaving, I'm sending you to go do this thing that I started. Right? But it's funny. If you didn't know, like, The word apostle, he called his disciples, they became apostles. The word apostle means sent one, right? So he was sending them. That's all that really means. He was was sending more people to go do his work. But as we think about it in church, um, we're like, uh, I don't know if I want to be sent, right? Like, uh, if you're saying that this is about me, like, I don't know if I've, you know, I think this is something that we all need to wrestle with in our hearts, you know, do I really want to be sent or do I really just want to come here and lie down and be, be fed, right? That's often the, our heart sometimes, right? Like I ain't going anywhere. You're lucky I got here to church to come to listen to you today, right? And, and, and guys, just so you know, I love you. Okay. I, I love you. You guys are my family. You guys know my personality. Sometimes it can seem like I'm being very harsh and challenging. And, and I, there must be a reason why God had me preach this sermon up here today instead of maybe Riverdale couldn't handle it, right? They don't, they don't know me as well. And so there's a reason why I'm up here, okay? And, and, and so I'm going to just, I just got to, I got to preach it, right? And so we are sent, right? And so part of our mission Uh, at Alpine Church then is to be passionate about what God is passionate about. If he has a missionary heart, if he wants to seek and save the lost, if he has compassion on the lost sheep without a shepherd, then we ought to have the same heart and missionary heart that God has for the world. And so that's my second point. We're passionate about making full circle disciples. 
Spiritual maturity isn't just about us. It's also about helping others. Okay, so we oftentimes get caught up um, in church being all about us, right? And, but here at Alpine Church, we kind of have, a, have a, a way that we took from the Great Commission as how we would do what we were going to do. Kind of like our, our, laid out, uh, our laid out way to help us to understand what God wants from us as Christians. And so this is what it looks like based off of verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity again. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, right? And so here at Alpine Church, we have, this is what we call a full circle Christian or a full circle pursuer of God. We believe that it looks like this, based off of the Great Commission, We start by trusting Jesus, we live to honor God, and we make disciples. I want to walk through that just a little bit. Let's start with this first one. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you start a relationship with God by trusting in Jesus and Him alone for the forgiveness of your sins. You cannot be made right with God by joining a religion, doing a bunch of works, trying to make Him uh, happy with you. It is all about faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, okay? And baptism is a symbolism that you believe that, okay? Every Christian ought to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and just so you know, I believe that's added in there so that we understand how important it is to know what we believe. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit— God adds the Trinity in there with our baptism, saying when we make our profession of faith, we ought to believe that God is who he is, that he is three in one, that Jesus is God, right? And so if you were baptized in any other faith, in any other religion that doesn't believe that, then that baptism isn't a Christian baptism. And you ought to get baptized this way believing in the right information with the right attitude, believing that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did. That is how you start a relationship with God. That is the message that we need to preserve and to protect and to continue to preach and share with people. But it doesn't stop there, okay? Although at that moment in time, you are good. You're going to heaven. You can't lose what God has done in your life. Eternal life is eternal. wouldn't be very eternal if it could be taken away conditionally, okay? You are good when you trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, but God does want us to go on and to do things and to learn and to teach, right? So that's the next part, honoring God. We believe that we, we now need to go dig into God's word, find out what it says, and just do it right? We need to go find out how to please God, right? And, and God gave us a way through his word. He didn't just leave us here alone, right? Without knowing him or knowing how to get closer to him. No, he left us his very words in this amazing 
library of books called the Bible, right? And, and through that, we can form habits and disciplines to learn what the Bible has to say, right? And learn how to pray, and we can learn how important it is to gather, and we can uh, join small groups and grow in holiness and learn about the fruits of the Spirit and how God gave us His Spirit to, to help us understand His words and to be convicted of our sin and to continue a life of repentance, right? And turning and Honoring God with our lives, right? We don't, we, we don't want to just stay babies forever. When a person trusts in Jesus, even if they're 55 years old, spiritually, they're like a newborn baby. That's why it says, you know, you have to be born again to, ha- to, to enter the kingdom of God. Well, spiritually, we are reborn at the trusting of Jesus. We're not all of a sudden a spiritual adult, right? We are a spiritual child, And spiritual babies cannot go change the world, and they can't teach other people. And so we need to be devoted to teaching and learning. That's what a disciple is, right? And so we've got to to have ways to be able to teach the disciples all the things that he has commanded us, right? Babies don't follow commands. As many of you mothers out, probably out there know, the infants, babies, and toddlers, they're really good at a few things at whining and complaining (laughs) and throwing temper tantrums and making a huge mess, right? That's what they're good at. And they look cute sometimes. They look cute sometimes, right? But may it not be said of us as Christians that we are the spiritual babies, that we stay in this infant form of Christianity the rest of our lives and throwing temper tantrums, right? And, and not getting along with others and, and leaving a mess everywhere we go. May it not be said of us, if we're going to be disciples, we got to learn to live to honor God. But it doesn't even stop there because a lot of people think that that is the, that is the trajectory of the rest of their life is that the, them and God, they just, they just you know, grow together and it's not shared with anyone else. And, and, and I'm going to go to the mountains and be a monk and try to be as holy as I possibly can and learn as much as I can, and that's where they get it wrong because it comes back to the the start of the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. A real disciple of Christ makes other disciples. It's not just for the church to do. It's not just for the pastor to do, although oftentimes people think that that's what church is all about is, I come and they feed me and then I'm a good Christian and I go out, right? But really, this is a place for training. This is a place for encouraging. This is a place for motivating and correcting, right? And and challenging. It doesn't mean we have to all stop what we're doing, quit our jobs and become missionaries, right? But that, that, that word go like um, can be translated, it's a present tense participle, okay? What that means, it's like, it's, a, it's an action word, it's in the present tense, and it can be used to describe doing something. And this says, you can say, as you are going, as you are living, right? As you go to school, make disciples. As you continue on in your career at work, make disciples. As you play sports, tell other people about Jesus. As you hang out in your neighborhoods, at your household, as you do your hobbies, make disciples. 
do, do we really think that like this whole life that we've made for ourselves, God had no control over and that like that we did this all and, and God's kind of this other part of our life on the side? Like, do we really think that God's not in control of our career and the, the, the influence that he gave us and the people that he put around us? No. Like, really, he is in control of everything. Like, it's by God's grace that we have anything that we have. You know, we have it so good in this country. As much as people want to complain, this is still the greatest nation in the world because of the freedoms that we do have, specifically religious and spiritual freedoms, that we, aren't, we don't have to go living in caves and run and, and be scared and get our heads cut off for our faith. You know, we can go openly share our faith with people around us, right? And, and it, it's sad because other countries are putting us to shame. You know, there are uh, millions of people coming to faith in China where it is illegal to even have a Bible, right? And in Iran, it's exploding in North Korea and just all these different places, right? And, and we sometimes stick in this, this infantile place in our faith, where we're like, don't tell me what to do. I don't want to be sent. I just want to be fed. This is why this is so important. It's one of the last things Jesus said. You know, you want to listen when someone, some of their last dying words, right? Like, you, 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 you want to listen to those things. They're, they're some of the most important things that you can listen to. God knows. He, he shaped us. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. He gave us our talents, our abilities. He gave us our lifestyle. And he's waiting for us to get in the game, to use us. He's waiting and wondering, when are they going to take it serious? When are they going to make this about me and not about them? Now, a lot of us tend to be scared right? Like a lot of us, we either do it out of laziness or fear. I'm just going to be honest, right? Like I don't have to say anything about laziness, but fear is a normal thing, right? I mean, I, uh, people feel like they're not qualified. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to say? And I, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to share. And it's, it reminds me of when Jesus fed the 5,000, one of the disciples came and said, we don't have anything. All we have is, you know, we have this little boy's lunch, you know, five loaves and two fishes. Like, we should take him to the market. And Jesus said, you feed them. What do you have? Let's use that, right? And so, again, I go back to this. Don't think you need to go acquire something and more of something to do what you're already called to do. Use what you have. And here at Alpine Church, we've done a lot of work on PursueGod.org so that there's no excuses, right, of not knowing what to say or how to do it or how to lead a group or talk to someone or having a conversation, right? Because the church's job is not to entertain everybody, but it is to make disciples and to, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so that's my last point. Every believer is called to make disciples. Jesus goes with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say this. If anybody wasn't qualified to share the gospel and to go make disciples, it's me in this room. I 
made a lot of bad mistakes in my life, um, a very big hypocrite, struggled with all kinds of different sins, selfishness, led me into addiction, um, became a, a very bad member of society, okay? And if there was anyone that wasn't worthy of sharing Christ's news with people, it was me. But God chooses people like me and the foolish people of the world, the Bible says, to shame the wise. The people that think that they're, they're wise out there. He says, let, let the wise, the people who are wise, become fools so that they can become wise. Well, God wants to show that it is not us that get to take the credit for the work that he is doing through us. But when we become a follower of Jesus, he comes and indwells us with his Holy Spirit and moves us and gives us the ability and the power and the qualifications to go do his work. And that is the thing that we always forget. And here's how he ended that. He said, after all the stuff he said about making his Bibles, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Now, back to that fear thing. I mean, I think we're always like wondering, can we do this, right? But this is a promise, you know? And oftentimes people are like, well, yeah, Jesus is in my heart, you know, but like I don't feel him and I can't see him. And, but if Jesus was right beside you, like, like you could touch him and see him and talk to him, um, and he said, come on, I'm taking your hand. We're going to go do this together. It, you would say, okay, yeah. This is easy, right? He does all these miracles. I'm not scared. He's leading me. Well, that's what this is talking about. Just that he's not here walking with us, but he wants to use us. He wants to fulfill our lives by filling us with the power of himself and use us. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of Jesus. Back to the Trinity again. The spirit of Jesus will be with us to the very end of the age, we need not be scared to go and do the things that he called us to do. So he, he precedes the Great Commission with his authority, and, and then he follows it with his presence, the promise of his presence, which we so desperately need. We cannot go do this in our own power, but with him we can do everything. I just wanted to share this real quick. It's amazing that God... As I said, he's an emissional God, and he devised a plan from the beginning to come save us. Um, it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, where he promised Abraham. He says, um, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous. You know, you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, or treat you with contempt. And then he says this, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so Jesus is ultimately the fulfillment of this. Because through the seed of Abraham, if you go back to Matthew chapter 1, you'll see the lineage of Jesus came through Abraham. Um, Jesus is the fulfillment of this blessings on all the earth. But the, the crazy thing is this, Jesus never really left Israel, okay? And so how is this going to be fulfilled? How is all the families on the earth going to be blessed when Jesus never left Israel? The answer is through us. In Acts 8.18, he says, but you, 
we, but, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. Do you see what's happening here? The whole point of the church is for us to be on mission with Jesus and to take the promise from the beginning all the way to the end, the ends of the earth. What an honor that is, right? What a purpose that is, right? And so I close in asking you today, will we honor the authority of Jesus and go in the power of the Spirit and follow this great commission of of going and making disciples as we go in our lives, realizing the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of us and we can go. Let's not waste this opportunity. Let's believe that if Jesus is with us, he's not sending us out there to fail. He's not saying, yeah, go do what I said to do, but then, oh, I'm going to stand back and you're going to fail miserably and I'm going to stand back and laugh at you. No, He says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. When we go and do what the Bible says, when we follow this great command that Jesus gave gave us, when we quit focusing on ourselves and we make our lives about him, we will fulfill the mission and the blessing of God on earth. What an honor and a purpose that is. Will you guys join in that with me today?